Welcome to Ponder Exchange, a podcast about Christian faith and armed service hosted by me, Brother Logan Isaac. First Formation is spiritual exercise for high church lowlifes looking to get the fuck up and pray. Join us every weekday morning to hear the good news through grunts and with grunts in the unity of the Holy Spirit as one church forever and ever. Fall in. Psalm 92. It is good to give thanks to the Lord, to sing praises to your name, O Most High, to declare your steadfast love in the morning and your faithfulness by night, to the music of the lute and the harp, to the melody of the lyre. For you, O Lord, have made me glad by your work. At the works of your hands I sing for joy. How great are your works, O Lord! Your thoughts are very deep. The dullard cannot know. The stupid cannot understand this. Though the wicked sprout like grass and all the evildoers flourish, they are doomed to destruction forever. But you, O Lord, are on high forever. For your enemies, O Lord, for your enemies shall perish. All All evildoers shall be scattered. But you have exalted my horn like that of the wild ox. You have poured over me fresh oil. My eyes have seen the downfall of my enemies. My ears have heard the doom of my evil assailants. The righteous flourish like the palm tree and grow like a cedar in Lebanon. They are planted in the house of the Lord. They flourish in the courts of our God. In old age, they still produce fruit. They are always green and full of sap, showing that the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there is no unrighteousness in him. Proverbs chapter 11 verses 23 through 30. The desire of the righteous ends only in good, the expectation of the wicked in wrath. Some give freely, yet grow all the richer. Others withhold what is due and only suffer want. A generous person will be enriched, and one who gives water will get water. The people curse those who hold back grain, but a blessing is on the head of those who sell it. Whoever diligently seeks good favor, seeks, seeks good, seeks favor, but evil comes to the one who searches for it. Those who trust in their riches will wither, but the righteous will flourish like green leaves. Those who trouble their household will inherit wind, and the fool will be servant to the wise. The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, but violence takes lives away. Gospel of Matthew, chapter 13, verses 10 through 17. Then the disciples came and asked him, Why do you speak to them in parables? He answered, To you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. For those who have, more will be given, and they will have an abundance. But from those who have nothing, even what they have will be taken away. The reason I speak to them in parables is that seeing they do not perceive, and hearing they do not listen, nor do they understand. With them indeed is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah that says, You will indeed listen but never understand, 
and you will indeed look but never perceive. For this people's heart has grown dull, and their ears are hard of hearing, and they have shut their eyes, so that they might not look with their eyes and listen with their ears, and understand with their heart in turn, and I would heal them. But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. Truly I tell you, many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see, but did not see it, and to hear what you hear, but did not hear it. and welcome to the seventh Wednesday uh, after Pentecost. This is Brother Logan Isaac broadcasting from the Appalachian Abbey in Knoxville, Maryland. This morning's readings come to us from Psalm 92, Proverbs 11, and Matthew 13. And uh, as I've stated before, I'm not a big fan of Proverbs readings. They're more often than not simply like one verse totally stands alone and then they just smush a bunch of a bunch of verses all together um but one stood out to me and that's verse 29 those who trouble their household will inherit wind and the fool will be servant to the wise and i knew i had heard inherit wind inherit the wind and so i was looking it up and I, it made me wonder if that's the purpose of selecting matthew 13 and really quickly matthew 13 is Jesus explaining why he speaks in parables. And um, the, the reason he gives his disciples who have asked him, he says, look, um, not everybody's going to understand this. Some people um, are going to he- hear with their ears but not understand. They're going to, just like they will see with their eyes but not really perceive. Um, it, it's a kind of hardening of, of one's heart, uh, except not necessarily like the the spiritual emotional stuff but simply like mentally like you can't understand it either by looking at it or by uh by hearing it and um so the the parables are a way of getting around the truth the 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 direct blunt truth in order to say the same thing without um i was gonna say without the same consequences but without without saying something directly. It's kind of a parabolic communication. Instead of a straight line, it curves around the truth. It's still true, um, but the uh, the message is only picked up properly um, by certain individuals. Um, a lot of scholars make this case uh, that Revelation is one big parabolic, um, you know, communication that the this excessive metaphor was understood by uh, Jews and and Jewish Christians at the time, but the Romans and many of us modern readers today don't really understand the symbolism that that the writer was trying to get at. Um, But back to the Proverbs, um, Inherit the Wind was a a movie. I remember watching it in school. Um, Before it was a movie, it was a play. And the movie, I think it was 1968, starred uh, Spencer Tracy, who I know as the police chief in It's a Mad, 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 Mad World. Everybody else I don't know. But no, there's the judge was the guy from MASH. I do remember that. And in the play, it's about the Scopes Monkey Trial, where a Tennessee educator, I want to say high school, but it could have been like middle school, I don't know. He was, um, he was 
brought before the court for teaching evolution in school, which was against the law in Tennessee at the time. Um, and the, the, tri- the actual trial um, took place in 1925, so before um, World War, uh, after World War I, before World War II, um, kind of in this period of coming into this modern age and the Civil War and the Industrial Revolution had just happened, and now people are beginning to have more time for, you know, kind of intellectual pursuits. There's a lot of um, industrial progress being being made, and so um, intellectualism, I think, was really kind of in a, uh, a high point uh, between the wars. Um, anyway, so the, uh, the play... Um, was somewhat dramatized. The movie was even more so. The movie didn't come out until 68. Um, and Inherit the Wind was a reference to Psalm 92, verse 29. I'm sorry, Proverbs 11, verse 29. Those who trouble their households will inherit the wind, and the fool will be servant to the wise. Um, and the way... It comes up in the play is um, so there's two lawyers and one is defending religion essentially and that's how the play reimagines this trial um, as a kind of religion versus science um, debate uh, and the the pro-religion lawyer the prosecutor um, he is one day before court this fundamentalist uh, preacher is giving a sermon and the preacher's daughter uh, is actually like dating this educator and he's giving a sermon against this educator Cates um, in the in the play with scopes in real life but anyway um, and the pro-religion lawyer is there for this prayer meeting when this uh, really conservative preachers preaching more or less kind of a roundabout way about um, uh, Kate's the, the educator and also his daughter's boyfriend and uh, the daughter first speaks up to her dad saying look you're kind of going a little far he's basically saying anybody that abandons the Bible is like you know, committing sin and something 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 and the daughter speaks up um, has some issue with his sermon and then the father doesn't like the criticism, so he kind of, you know, kind of goes all in. And then the the lawyer, the pro-religion lawyer, steps up and he says he quotes uh, Proverbs ninety-two uh, eleven twenty-nine um, in as a as a way of um, admonishing the preacher that um, he's troubling his own house. And it doesn't really explain what inherit the wind means. Um, the proverb, or in this case, I don't know why, I don't know why inheriting the wind is a, a bad thing. Um, and a fool shall be servant to the wise of heart, according to the, that's the play's rendition of, this, of the proverb. Um, and it's this window into this intra-religious disagreement of the lawyer who's who has to make the best case he can and clearly is going to appeal to religion to try and convict this teacher of teaching evolution 
Um, and then somebody who's even further somehow to, in the religion uh, circle, has gone too far. And this person who is, you know, all in in terms of winning the case and, and arguing for religion, he has to remind someone who's gone too far, look, don't trouble your own house. Um, this isn't the way, <laughs> this isn't the way to accomplish our goals. Um, and it, it reminds me of um, social dynamics and groups that are, are wrestling with how to um, assert their own human dignity in a society that doesn't quite let them do that, uh, whether that's uh, because of color or race or sex or gender uh, ability. Um, there's not, I mean, the, one of the craziest things to me is that um, the idea that a number of slaves in the American South before and during the war were against abolition. They, they didn't want to be free because it was the unknown, because I don't know. Uh, but there were a number of people who didn't want this thing that clearly was the right thing and a good thing, even if it was maybe scary. Um, and uh, so th this happens in groups. Uh, what does it mean to self-determine and, and to narrate our own story and pursue our own interests as a group with, with um, a diverse set of desires? Um, and I, I encountered this directly within the military community um, when, I was, um, when I was teaching uh, as a college professor. Some, I was upset that um, beneath this very thin veil of pro-military rhetoric at my employer um, was this really kind of unfortunate and insidious, and by that I mean subtle and mostly unintended, kind of like... Um, dehumanization and exploitation of service members and veterans, either the money they brought to the school or the ideas that they brought to classrooms. Anyway, um, I began to speak up and my most vociferous um, opponents or like detractors, I guess, were other veterans. And some of these other veterans insisted that, you know, by rocking the boat, I mean, it's not the word they used, by rocking the boat, like, I was endangering what little privilege they had, that I was risking the employer looking at those veterans differently, that they had, they knew on some level that their their grasp on, I don't know, privilege or, or resources um, was tenuous. And they thought that what I was doing would... Um, would, you know, trouble the house and that I would inherit the wind. Um, and the church has done this as well. I mean, not just in the Scopes trial, um, but the early church. Um, I, I don't even know if I can use that phrase anymore without realizing that, that the early church was a, a number of different communities and, and charismatic individuals that were living in tension with one another and with this emerging structure that would eventually become the church um, but it's the compromise the compromises and the um, the back and forth we don't always see it's behind it's behind the the ink and paper of the Bible even though the, its effects are there um, and so I don't 
I, I say like, I don't know if it was, if it was, I don't know who I agree more with in the play. The, the moderate person who's saying, look, be careful not to trouble your own house. Or the stalwart who's like, want, who has very clear convictions and is calling others to, um, well, he's calling others to his convictions. Um, and uh, I, I don't know that there's an easy answer, but I do know that um, it is in that diversity, it is in that back and forth that we find who we are. Like, they're, they're both still Christians. I mean, the, the, the preacher insisted that you couldn't forgive this educator without still being a Christian, which I think is excessive. So in that sense, I don't agree with him. Um, but that, that's what it means to be a, a group, to disagree, um, sometimes vehemently. Um, but to, uh, at the end of the day, and when the dust settles, knowing that we're all still members of this thing, this body, this community or family, um, trying to figure out what it means to be that family and moving with um, where time and experience takes us. There's one line uh, in the play, and um, <clears throat> the, uh, the two lawyers uh, used to be really good friends, and now they're at this, you know, this trial, and they're not unfriendly, but they aren't as close. And the one says, um, he laments that they're not as close anymore. Um, and the one lawyer accuses the other of having moved away from everything they both believed, you know, back in the day. And the, the one replies, all motion is relative. Perhaps it's you who's moved away by standing still. Um, and so that's what I, I think that movement uh, as a body through time, through social context is what makes us the church. And that's, uh, that's what I think is one of the things that makes us this, this thing, the body of Christ, so, so wonderful. Prayer for the Unity of the Church from the Book of Common Prayer. O God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, our only Savior, the Prince of Peace, give us grace seriously to lay to heart the great dangers we are in by our unhappy divisions. Take away all hatred and prejudice and whatever else may hinder us from godly union and concord, that, as there is but one body and one spirit, one hope of our calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of us all, so we may be all of one heart and of one soul, united in one holy bond of truth and peace, of faith and charity, and may with one mind and one mouth glorify you, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.